Come on, this week, as we move into Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, come on, what we're singing about right now is exactly what Christmas is all about. The fact that Jesus came to set us free, to heal us from ourselves, from our issues, from our sickness, from our addiction issues, from our broken relationships. That's why he came today. So if you're like me and you needed a Savior and he came, come on, just give him praise today. If you're like me and you needed to be rescued, we got a reason to give him praise today. So if you've walked into this place carrying something, maybe you've walked into this room with a broken heart. Maybe you've walked into this room today and you're dealing with a broken relationship or, or some type of bondage that we're singing about. He can set you free today. So come on. We believe that the Spirit of Christ is in this room. We believe what the Word says about that. And so He's here. And where, he's, where He is, there's freedom. Chains fall. Sickness has to go. So come on. If you need a touch in your life from God today, maybe you want to raise your hand as a symbol. We're into symbols here at PCC. And me raising my hand is just simply a symbol to remind myself that he's our healer. That he is the king of kings. His name is greater than every other name. Lord, we come to you this morning. And we first stop and we give you thanks for coming. God, as we meditate on what this week means, this next weekend, what it means. That you left heaven to come to this broken place in chains to set us free, to heal us, to give us a new way, a new life, new purpose. You came to fill us up. So God, we stop and we say thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you. God, we love all of the, all of the uh, elements of Chris, uh, Christmas. We love all the stuff, but we take time and remember what it's all about. It's all about you coming. So we just stop and we say thank you. We give you praise. We worship you, Jesus, for who you are. We thank you that you gave your life for us. We thank you that you didn't stay in that tomb, but you're alive today. And I thank you that you came to heal us and rescue us and give us hope. And so, Lord, you see the hands raised. You know the stories behind each hand. You know the specifics. You know all the details. You're a God who's into the details. And not only do you just know the details, you care about our details. And so, Lord, we just do what the Word says and we cast our cares, our sickness, our problems, our fears, our bitterness, our anxiety, our addiction issues, Lord God. We just... Throw them onto you because you told us to do that. So, Lord, I pray right now that healing would begin to take place in people's lives right now, that broken relationships, the marriages that aren't working out like those that would hope they would, that you would heal those physical sickness, mental sickness. Lord God, we come against hate and we come against um, all forms of violence. In Jesus' name, we pray peace throughout this community, throughout Pierce County. In Jesus' name, Lord God, may your will be done. And I thank you, God, that you're working and you're moving, even within this young church, Pacific Coast Church. We just thank you for all that you've done in 2022, and we are excited. And we're, we're giving you thanks in advance for what you're going to do in just a couple of weeks as we move into 2023. Thank you for meeting us here today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I don't know, just one more time, maybe give him some praise. Awesome, awesome. Well, you may be seated. Awesome, awesome. Pastor Angie in the house. Come on. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, 
y'all, this was a good old time, but we're not done. We got the word coming up. It's been so good in this series and pretty much every series we've had this year, right? Um, so um, as Pastor JF said, I'm Pastor Angie. I am um, honored to get to worship with this awesome group of people. And let me tell you guys, like, we love one another. We love you. These people live out what you hear them singing. So just know that it's no matter how much of effort that we might put into trying to be right, they try to live right. And that's more important than anything. So I'm honored to do worship with every single one of them. Um, and also honored to be pastor here at PCC. It's, it's a beautiful time. It's a beautiful um, just uh, privilege, honestly, to be able to do that with you guys. So love y'all. Um, but what we're going to do is talk about what's going on. So Christmas Eve is next. So we're going to come on Saturday. Join us on Saturday, 4 p.m. It's going to be a quick service. We're going to be in here for about an hour. But we're going to hear some kids singing with us. We're going to we're gonna sing some Christmas carols. We're going to do the candlelight thing. We're not going to burn the house down, we promise. Um, but we're going to spend some time together and then we hope that you guys will add that as a part of one of your family traditions that you do every year. So come join us Saturday at 4. Um, next, we will be taking a couple of Sundays off for seasonal Sabbath. And if you're first time here or new or don't know a whole lot about the church stuff yet, Sabbath sounds like a real religious word. And it, and it is in that we need to rest, you guys. We need to rest. And, um, and God calls for us to do that since since the beginning, right? And so we're going to honor him together in that as a church. And we're not going to be here on Sunday, December 25th. You'll be able to watch online with your friends, family, however you guys want to do it. Opening presents, after opening presents, whatever you got planned, you know, pause and let's have some church together 10 a.m. on Sunday morning on the 25th. And then we'll do it again on Sunday the 1st. And also, we're going to rest, but that's more for a fiscal responsibility reason that we're making that choice. But we're going to have two Sundays where we're doing online only, so spread the word. It'll be 10 o'clock in the morning on both of those Sundays, okay? And then lastly, we have 21 days of prayer and fasting coming up. Yes, I'm, yes, I know. It's weird, like, we're, we're, you guys are clapping for fasting. Yes, because we know the power in that discipline, and our church has been so good about honoring the, the disciplines that the Lord has laid out for us. So join us on that fast. We're going to start Monday, uh, January 9th, and if you'd like to get the daily focuses and the um, prayer focuses sent to you, text us, text the word FAST to the number 84576 and join on with us. Okay, awesome. Thanks, awesome. back Come at on, you. Let's give it up for Pastor Angie. I'm just, I'm, I'm impressed by her memory. How do you, how do you just know notes or anything? It's amazing. So lots of stuff going on here at PCC and we're gearing up for the new year. Lots of cool stuff. Hey, we're going to uh, have an opportunity to continue our worship through the giving of our tithes and offerings. I'm so honored to be a part of a church that believes in the power of generosity and obedience unto, unto the tithe. And so I want to say thank you for that. Uh, I want to also give a little update. It's just, I, I'm just, oh, I'm so inspired and overwhelmed when we make an ask here. Y'all always show up and you always respond. We were able to give over 50 gifts to children in this community that y'all stepped up and provided. So thank you for doing that. I mean, it, I mean, we, we, we put the word out, and it was like that, that past that one Sunday we said it. I mean, you guys just, you guys stepped up. So thank you so much. I, I'm just so grateful to be a part 
I'm such a, a giving church, and I'm excited uh, for the new year, and I'm so grateful. There's a potential opportunity. I know we've been saying it a lot, but uh, in the next several weeks, we'll, we will know if uh, there's a door open for us to move into a permanent location, a permanent building. And so we've been praying about that, and, and uh, we're working with a couple different Christian uh, lenders that, that actually all they do is help finance churches. So we're excited about that. So we put all of our application in and all the stuff, and we're raising money for a down payment. But I just want to say thank you to all of you who are getting involved with that. And we're just going to pray, hey, God, have your way. Have your will. If it's not this one, it'll be somewhere else. And But he has the, 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 the perfect space for us. And until then, this isn't so bad. No, this is pretty nice. And so God's good, and it's just amazing all that's happened just in the short life of PCC, and I'm excited. So come on. I'm going to pray. Of course, there's different ways you can give. You can text the word donation to that word 84576. You'll get a link, or you can go online, or, or uh, uh, you can make your check out. However you want to do it, we just want to say thank you once again. And I, want, I, know, I know we've said it a couple of weeks now, but uh, we've only been around for about a year and a half, and in that year and a half, you guys have given to other Jesus things locally, nationally, and internationally missions over $150,000. That's what you guys have given to other, other, other stuff. And so, man, it's so, so cool. Come on, let me pray, and then we're going to continue uh, with our series. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you that you uh, have chosen us uh, to, to be your hands and feet in this community. God, I thank you. And just the, 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 the short while of PCC being around. God, you've done so much through this group of people. So we just want to stop and thank you, Lord God. Thank you so much. God, I thank you for every person who's partnered financially with us to, to uh, just do what you've called us to do. And I thank you for the commitment. I thank you for the obedience that uh, for every person that, that believes in what your word says regarding our finances and I thank you that I get to be a part of this such incredibly generous family called PCC. God bless each person as they give right now. Thank you. Thank you. And God, we just said it. May your will be done. May your will be done in our church. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Be blessed as you give. Awesome. Well, we continue our series today entitled, O Come, Let Us Adore Him. O Come, Let Us Adore And I love the fact that we got to sing it this morning, too. And really... Uh, this title isn't really just a song, but it's a, it's a posture, right? It's, it's what we call worship. It's a response to uh, what Jesus has done in our lives. And so that's what, we're, that's what we're singing about. That's what we've been talking about. And we've been doing this through that iconic scene, right? The nativity scene is what we call it. And, you know, you don't have to be a Christian or a believer uh, to have that picture of that nativity scene in your head. They're at the mall from time to time. They're, they're, they're in, in Fisher-Price models of, you know, the kids play with. There's all kinds of different pictures, but we all have that picture of that, of that stable, that barn, that symbol of Christmas. And we talked a little bit about the shepherds and their response, how they came to adore Jesus. They, 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 were, they were able to, to respond in such a way that ended up uh, turning them into the first missionaries, if you will, the first evangelists, because they were the first to go and tell people 
what they experienced. The beautiful thing. I talked a little bit about the wise men, the magi, and how they sought after Jesus and, and what that looks like for you and for me. We talked about Mary and Joseph and their humility and their willingness to lay down their lives, their plans, their ideas, and obey what the angel uh, had called them into and it's a beautiful thing. Today, as we continue this series, O Come, Let Us Adore Him, I want to change it up a little because I want to talk about Jesus' role. Uh, that baby in that manger, that baby that we're singing about today, I want to talk about Jesus' role in all of this. And while Christmas is certainly about us celebrating Jesus and our response to Him, instead of talking about it from that angle, I want to talk about Jesus' response to us. I want to talk about his role in this and his response to us. You say, wait, Jeff, what do you mean? You want to talk about Jesus worshiping us? No, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about whatsoever. What I'm talking about is I want to unpack just how much Jesus adores you. I want to talk about how his response to you and to me is one of immense love adoration for you and for me. I want you to somehow get a, a maybe a fresh perspective or it's a new, uh, new picture of the love of Jesus and his role of him in this iconic nativity scene. I want to talk about how the story of Jesus' birth gives us details about how Jesus chose, he, it was a decision he made, to respond to us and our desperate need for a Savior, for a Savior. You see, from the very beginning, all the way back in the Garden of Eden, humanity has been desperate for a Savior. And when you read throughout the entire Old Testament, there's this um, uh, underlying theme. It doesn't matter which uh, book you read, there's, there's a theme that you'll uncover, and the theme is a group of people called the children of Israel desperately needing to be saved. You see, they would, they would walk with God, and then their humanity would creep in, and they would begin to disobey God. They begin to think, well, we got, we got, all, we're, 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 we've got all this together. We're doing this. And they would, they would pull away from God, and then all of a sudden they'd be in a desperate situation, and they'd say, God, we need you to help us. Come save us. And you know what happened? Because we serve the God of love. He would come every single time and save them and rescue them. And it, but it was, just, it was just a circle of this. And so the entire Old Testament, some people say, why don't we, why don't we even bother with the Old Testament? I mean, it's all about Jesus in the New Testament. I got to say, you got to have the Old Testament because you see Jesus all throughout the Old Testament. There's this lead up to the Savior coming to save his people, right? Humanity desperate for a Savior to be saved. And so Christmas is all about remembering. Remembering that reality and giving thanks to God and celebrating that. And so today, for a couple of minutes here, I want to talk about three roles of the Savior that Jesus decided to be. All right, if you're taking notes, three roles that the Savior, the, the, the Savior that Jesus decided to be. Here's the first one, and that is, number one, Jesus is a Savior to us. He's a Savior to us, meaning Jesus came 
to save me and to save you from ourselves. He is a Savior to us. He left heaven and He came to us before we ever came to Him. While we were yet sinners, right? While we were in the middle of it, He came to, came to us. He's a, he's a Savior to us. Let's go to the text so I can confirm that for you. Matthew chapter 1, starting in verse 20, the second half of verse 20 says this. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. From their sins. You know, I know I want to first of all, once again, thank you for being here today, but I also want to thank you for venturing out into that nasty weather. Okay, I know. I just, I, I get it. I get it, right? I woke up too, and I'm like, is anyone going to come to church today? It's pretty, it's pretty gnarly out here, but you came, so thank you. And, and you know, if you've lived in this, in this uh, part of the world for, for a minute here, uh, you know that we kind of drudge through these nine months or so of this type of weather to get to the literally the nicest summer in all the world. Is, isn't that right? I mean, like, 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 like the summer's here. You know, I, I have friends or family that they come to visit in the summertime, and they're like, oh my word! It's, it must be like this all the time. And I'm like, no, no. Come meet me in January, and, and you can tell me how you feel about this place. I love it. I, you, you, you guys must love it because you're still here. But man, the, the summers, right? And, and I was even... I was thinking about, I was kind of counting down the months, right, this week. Like, when are we going to, is it almost July 4th yet? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, nah, you got a ways to go, right? But I was thinking about, and, and, and really I was thinking about the month of August. Because August is just awesome, right? And, and I was kind of reflecting as I was preparing my sermon this week and the week before that. I was thinking about, uh, it was a specific summer day in the middle of August. You know what I'm talking about? Like 85 degrees. You, you can go there right now if you want. Just go there. Just go there right now. But it was one of those days, and th this was a few years ago, and my kids were in the backyard, and, and I think we were, you know, cutting grass or pulling weeds or just doing yard work and whatnot, and kids were running around. I think they had the hose going, you know, the whole thing. And I, I remember my son at the time, Fulton, I think he was about three years old, and he had gotten, he had gotten as a, as a gift, a flashlight, right, and he was so, he was so excited, it was a big, it was a big red one, big red flashlight, as he was, he, I got the, you know, he was just so pumped about that flashlight, and I can remember, he ran outside, you know, it's like three in the afternoon, sun, blue skies, just beautiful, and he came running out, and he's like, dad, I'm going to turn my flashlight on and play with my And I remember watching him because he had never used one before. And so he got it and he, and he turned it on and, and he started doing this number, right? And, and I, watched, I watched as his smile kind of, like there's something washed over his face. And really the word is just confusion, right? I mean, he just was kind of like, because he had the, and he was doing one of these numbers and he, and he kept, do, he kept, you know, he kept like doing this. And finally, I'll never forget, he lifted up because, Dad, my flashlight is broken. 
it doesn't work, Dad. And, and we laughed, and I said, son, the reason why it doesn't work is because it's daytime. Flashlights don't work, and he still couldn't understand that. And I said, here's what we'll do. After dinner, after it gets dark, we'll come back out together, and you can see how your flashlight actually works. And so he said, okay. So we went and had dinner, and of course, it's August, so you had to wait till about 2 in the morning for it to get dark. <laughs> But we waited, I don't know, it was probably 11 o'clock at night or something like that. And he was in the, you know, and I said, are you ready, buddy? He said, yeah. So we went out there, and man, he went in the middle of the yard. And that little boy, little three-year-old boy, he just flicked that thing on. And, and you know what happened next? That light shot up, and the, his, he pointed it right in his face. He's like, ha, 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 ha. And, and he took off running across. The, he was probably out there for an hour, just, just waving and pointing it up in the trees. And, Dad, look at that up there. Dad, it works. It works. It works. You see, it wasn't until Fulton brought the light into the darkness that he really saw the power of what was in his hand. Right? He needed the darkness for the light to actually work. And my friends, brothers and sisters, this is the same for us. Because until we realize just how, until we realize just how broken we are, not only that, but until we realize just how much darkness exists in the world, how much darkness exists in our neighborhood, in this community, and we, 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 it's not until we experience all of that and, and admit that it exists around us and even in us, right, we have to understand and accept the fact that we need a Savior. And here's the thing, until that, we will never be able to recognize the power of the love of Jesus Christ and the light that He is. He is a Savior to us. He's a Savior to a, to a broken, dark world. And today, one of the reasons why we even gathered in here was to celebrate that reality that Jesus is, was and is a Savior to you and to me. And the gospel accounts of Matthew and Luke, they, they tell specific, the specific details of Jesus' birth, but John, John was a little bit more general when he described it. Look what John says in John chapter 1 starting in verse 9 regarding the light. It says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Sometimes it's hard to realize the need for light. Like, like sometimes it's hard for us to, to, to realize that, to accept that, to understand that, especially if we're unwilling to admit that there's real darkness in this world. Like, if we're unwilling to be, re to be honest <laughs> about it and, and, and not naive to what's really going on, it's hard for us to understand that the, the, the reality for other times we struggle with actually admitting that we can't save ourselves, right? I, I don't know if you're like me, but I, I've been there before in my life. Oh, I, I got it together. <laughs> I just got to, I just got to be gooder, Right? <laughs> Right? I, 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 can pull, you know, I, can, you know, I can handle myself, right? In fact, I've heard tons of times this, this line, Pastor JF, I, I'm, I'm a good person. What's the big deal? Right? You know, I, I, I volunteer at the whatever, and I, you know, I'm, 
stand, you know, upright citizen, all the stuff, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a good person. I'm not a criminal or anything like that. The problem with that is that you're either saying that there's no evil and darkness or you're saying that you can save yourself through good works. And this is the great conundrum, right? I mean, it's like other faiths, other religion, they, they, they promote this, that, hey, it's through good works that you're saved. And that's the difference between other, other stuff. And we, and we love people, right? So we're not condemning people for believing that, but we believe as Christians that it's, it's not through good works that you're saved. It's because a Savior came to us. It's because Jesus did the stuff for us. Right? We're saved through what he already did for us. And if you think about it in a way, if you say that it's the good works thing, what you're essentially saying is that Jesus isn't needed because you're your own Savior. Right? That's when, you, when you get caught up in that, oh, I'm fine, I'm, I'm a good, oh, what you're saying is I'm, I, I, I'm my own Savior. Right? In fact, there's a character in this Christmas story that I chose not to spend a whole lot of time on, but he, he's in there. And, and this character, if you remember, King Herod. Uh, Herod was so adamant about making sure that he and he alone was seen as the king. He, he was so adamant to the point where he was, he was so determined to let people know that he was the Messiah. That he wasn't, that he wasn't just the king, but he was, he was a deity. Like he, he was a god himself, right? He was so adamant about that, that that he sought to have Jesus killed. I don't remember we talked about the wise men. And he said, hey, tell, tell me where he's at, because I want to come worship him too. No, he's like, he actually meant, tell him where this baby is so I can go kill him. In fact, he was so insane, <laughs> he was such a sociopath, that he actually had all the babies in the land murdered just to make sure, right? He got them all, right? Don't miss the, don't miss the, the, don't miss the message here, because here's the thing, when we're unwilling to admit that we're not the Savior, that we can't save ourselves, if, if we're unwilling to admit that, all that leads to is death, ultimately. He is truly Savior to us because we as humanity are in need of a Savior. We need to be saved, right? That's the, that's the first thing. Here's the second role that Jesus, the story of Jesus' birth unpacks for us, and that is he's a Savior with us. This is really important. He's a Savior to us. He came to us, but he didn't just, he didn't just bail you know what I mean? Afterward, he's a savior with us right now. Let's go back to the text. Matthew 1 and verse 22 says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him this, right? Emmanuel, which means God with us. Our God loves you so much that he decided to, that his name would mean this. Yeah. So that every time you would say his name, and the, the, the second thought behind that first thought was, oh, he's with me right now. Come on. Hey, hey you, you, God with me right now. I mean, you could just say it right now. Like, like I worship you, God, with me right now. You know what I'm saying? God, I, I lift you up. God with me right now. You're we're with me, right? He is here with me. He's in this room. His spirit is here. We believe it. When 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 Trinice, when the band starts singing, I sensed it. I sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit. If you walked into this place, you're like, man, this what am I what am I feeling? What is going on? I I, I would venture to say, friends, that's probably the spirit of Jesus Christ who's impressing stuff upon you. And it manifests in so many different ways, 
right? Sometimes it manifests in, in the area of conviction like that. I probably shouldn't have done that, right? That, that, that if, if you're a believer, man, that we, we, we call that the, 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 the nudge of the Holy Spirit. Or, get your butt over there and do that, J.F., Go serve that. Go call. Oh, oh yes. Oh, oh, and, and that's not the pizza from last night, right? That's, you know what I'm saying? That's the Holy Spirit saying, get out your car and stop. Put the meeting off for a second. Get out and help that person. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that may, maybe, hey, you wake up. Man, I, well, I, I've never had that thought before. I'm supposed to do, uh, I'm telling you, Holy Spirit, right? He, why? Because, because he named himself God with us. He's with you. He's not in a tomb somewhere that you walk by and go, yeah, he's in there. Uh, too bad. You know, no, 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 he, he isn't in there anymore. He is with you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's, he's not just to us. He's also made the choice to be Savior with us. The question is, what's, you know, what's, what's really the difference there? How, what does that look like? You know, many of you know that we financially uh, support, one of the missions that we support is a mission called Mission of Hope, which is in Haiti, and I've had the privilege of going, going and seeing that work there. Many times, when I lived in South Florida, uh, the church that my father pastors, uh, this past August, he will have pastored there for 25 years. And it's just amazing what God's done. And if you, if you guys, I hope someday you get to go, because you've never had that much fun in church, ever. I, I'm telling you. And part of why that is, is because most of the folks in the room are islanders. And I don't, if you get around island people, man, they just, they just worship different. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's fun. I mean, it's happy. It's, it's every instrument. I mean, I'm just telling you, it's, it's a blast, right? And so part of his, like, there's a, there's a large um, Haitian-American community within the, the church that my dad pastors, Trinity Church Miami. And so I have so many, like, deep Haitian uh, relationships with my brothers and sisters and so I've traveled there are um, the um, many of the Haitian Americans within our church they have they have Christian uh, outposts all throughout Haiti too so we used to take trips back and forth and 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 so one of these missions uh, where they they do all kinds of Jesus work I'm talking food and 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 education and they have a, a um, high school and college all these amazing things and it's been there for years. And a guy by the name of Brad Johnson uh, and his family, they run it. And he's been there, I think, probably 30 years now. or so. maybe, maybe even longer. But all that to say, um, I've told it many, many times, the story of 2010 when that horrific earthquake hit Haiti. And, and we talked about, I've talked about it in different contexts. But one of, one of the things that took place, literally like, like the next day, we called a group from our church. We called Mission of Hope and Brad John just to see what, what was going on and, and if, if they needed any help, right? I mean, we were hearing about, you know, people under rubble and, and all of this stuff. You know, you remember that. I, it was just so vivid. And I can remember I called, and I couldn't believe I, I, could, I could even get a line to him. And I was like, hey, man, we're praying for you. Is, how, can, how can, at the time I was an associate at my dad's church, how can Trinity Church, how can we help you? Like, what? What is it that you need? And he's like, well, obviously the, the essentials. I mean, that w we just food, water, the whole thing. But due to the nature of the injuries, we're in dire need of uh, orthopedic surgeons because bones were crushed and all these different things. We just, we just don't have enough um, 
throughout the island. It was just devastation. So through a group of people and phone calls and uh, in about three or four days, when I say we, our, our team had a, arranged about 30 uh, orthopedic surgeons from, from around, around the country, many from uh, the Dallas, Fort Worth area and Florida and Colorado, um, and, and they just out, out, out of their, they paid for it. They got to the airport in, in Miami, Florida, and uh, United Airlines donated a flight to the islands. And it was just, I was like, what? So, so, so literally, it wasn't like, it was like a, almost like a private plane situation. With the, it was just amazing. So my wife and I kind of got to host that group of, so we got there, and, and they went to work. They went to work, and they, and they saved a lot of limbs, and they were able to do surgeries and, and all of these different things. And it was just, it was just, a, it was just a surreal time, and, and it, was, it, was, it was so cool to see this group that I got to be a part of do that thing. We got to go and do that one thing in that one moment. But you know what happened when, 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 when the time was, we left. <laughs> like we went back to our lives. And as I was thinking about that situation and what I was going to be talking about today, I was thinking about how the fact was that my friend Brad and his family, they're still there, right? They're still doing what they were called to do. And they were there 30 years ago. They, they, they were there 30 years ago when the people that they were serving there in Haiti were going through all kinds of pain. They got into their pain too. 30 years ago when, when, when that, that, that specific community that they serve was going through all kinds of turmoil, they, they put, they inserted, they put themselves into that. Why? So that they could feel that and experience that as well so that they could serve them better. better. You see where I'm going with this? They, 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 were with, they are with them then and they're with them now, and the plan is to be there until the day they die. And, and, and they'll, they'll continue that. They are there in the middle of it. They didn't just go there like JF did, and then JF left, right? No, 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 no. They stayed. They are, they are with them. And the very details of the Christmas story shows us over and over that Jesus not only came to be our Savior, but he came in a way that allowed him to experience the exact pain that we feel. He came in such a way. He made a decision, a choice, to come to us and to be with us so that he could experience the same betrayal that you've experienced in your life. He came in such a way so that he would feel real pain and real hurt and, and, and real confusion and, 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 and all of these different, real temptation, right? Because he wanted you and I to know that he, he feels, he feels what you feel. Why? Because he's not just a savior to you. He is a savior with you. Jesus allowed himself as God to feel every human emotion you've ever felt. Every physical pain you've ever felt, Jesus understands. You know, they're, they're, uh, that our culture actually has produced a villain, not just King Herod, but there's another villain in this Christmas story that actually exists. And if you remember, remember this other uh, villain in this story is the innkeeper. Remember the innkeeper? Bum, bum, bum. I'm sorry, there's no room in the inn. You'll have to go away. Ah! All right. 
Like, like our culture has produced this. Uh, how dare you? A pregnant woman is out here in the cold. Why would you do that? There's no room in here. The innkeeper, right? What's interesting about that little character that we've created, it's not in Scripture. Read the stories. There's, there's no innkeeper at all. In fact, theologians tell us that this wasn't likely anything like an inn at all that they arrived at. Can I prove it to you? Look at, look at what it says here in Luke chapter 2. Starting in verse 1, it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. That's important to make note of. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. Why? Because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there. Where did he go? He went to his hometown. Where did he go? To the town that he was from. Where, where did he go? He went to the place where all of his relatives are, right? All, you see where I'm going with this? All of his friends, all his kin, right? All his people. And what did he do? He went to his hometown to do something very important, to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, not on vacation where they didn't know anybody, while they were back in their hometown, while they were getting reacquainted with their own people, with their own blood, right? While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her first firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. Because why? There was no room in the guest room, there was, no, there, was no, there was no room available for them. In fact, I just read that out of the New International Version. The King James Version actually says because there was no room for them in the inn, all right? So that's where you would get your, your infamous innkeeper, all right? So there, there's got to be an innkeeper because, you know what I'm saying? Um, but this isn't the best translation. In fact, this is, entirely, this is an entirely different word. King James didn't, didn't have the right words to, to really describe this situation. In fact, in the original language, that term is not in, it's actually guest room. And not just any guest room, but the word, for, the word for the room that almost all homes in that culture and that time had, it was a room really that held extra oil, it held extra flour, uh, it held supplies and whatnot. Uh, because they didn't have Walmart pickup. They didn't have, they didn't have Amazon Prime back then, right? So they would store, and it, it was really... And so, and, and here's what I want you to know. This room almost always doubled as a place that family would stay when they were in town. Get the oil out of there and the flour. You know, Bill and Cindy are here. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're going to be staying with us for a Let's clear it out. And, and so it was, it, it really... It doubled as, as a guest room in families' homes. Now, you, do you understand what this story is trying to show us right here? Theologians explain that Mary and Joseph, they went back to Joseph's hometown for the census, and they knocked on the doors of his own family members. And my guess is the rumors had preceded them, right? Exactly. Knock, 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 you know. Hey, Mom and Dad! <laughs> Joe and Mary here, (laughs) 
You know, uh, you, you saw on the internet, we're supposed to be here to fill out the application for the census, and so I'm just assuming it'd be cool if we just stay here with you, and you know I'm reading between the lines, right? What's, what's going on with... <laughs> She's pregnant. I, we never got the invitation to the... To the you, already, you already had the ceremony and everything? Well, about that, it, she got pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I don't think you guys can stay here. Right? We're going to the next house. Let's go see if aunt and uncle so-and-so. The same thing. Bam, bam, bam. Hey, looks like, what's going on here? Well, this is, a, this is a weird story, but Holy Spirit did this. I had nothing to do with this. The whole, an angel came, and of course, that's how, that's how we got. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're going to have to go ahead and, and uh, go, go, go find so-and-so. Our, our room's being occupied right now, you know. Got other people in town, too. Joe, you understand, don't you, right? Come on, man. Family member after family member until they were so desperate that they settled on a cave with animals for the Savior, for the Messiah to be born in. Don't miss the power of this picture here. The God of the universe chose not only to be born in the middle of filth, likely animal feed and animal dung, but also born in the middle of total rejection by his own family members. The ones that were supposed to support and protect him the most, rejected by his own people. Why? Why would Jesus choose this? Because he is Savior and God with us. He's not just Savior to us, but he's with us. He's with us in the darkest moments of your life. He knows what it means to go through excruciating physical pain. He knows what it feels like to be rejected by the people who said out loud, I love you the most. He did that. He, he did that because there's someone in this room, you, you know what that feels like to be rejected, to be kicked out, to be pushed aside, to be spoken down to, to be cursed at, to be hated by some of the people that said that they loved you the most. And Jesus went the extra mile. He didn't just come to us and do some cool stuff and then make sure he washed his hands off and got away from your mess. No, he got into it with you. And he did it in such specific ways so that 2,000 plus years later, there'd be a group in Tacoma who could read this and hear this and say, that's me. I feel that. And you're telling me the Son of God made a decision to feel what I feel right now? I'm telling you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. The, the Christmas story shows us that the beauty of God, that He is Savior to us, that He came to us. While many of us were still running, He came anyways. And then He inserted Himself into the mess that we've all created. Right? He is Savior with us. Here's the third one as we close, and that is He's Savior for us. Say, what are you talking about? Let me unpack that. Luke chapter 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek. And you can underline that word. Yeah. To seek and to save the lost. Came to 
seek and to save the lost. Hear me today. Jesus came to save you, but he first came to seek you. He came to save you, but he first came to find you. How many of you, how many of you know that we, we've all been, maybe you're lost right now. We've all been, and some of us a little bit more lost than, than the next person, right? And, he, and, I, and I'll be that guy, I'm that guy, you know? And, and, and he didn't just come to save me, he came to find me first, right? He came to seek me out. And I love the difference and the picture of that. That he, 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 put the, he put the night vision on for J.F. You know what I'm talking about? He, he did his, his slew work, right? He, he, went and, he had to ask around a little bit. Where's he at? I'm, I'm trying to find. Oh, we don't know. That dude is so lost. No, no, no. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to find. He came, he came to find you today. And maybe you're in this room today, and you don't know what that feels like. Because in, because in your sphere, in your world, you feel like no one even cares enough to come looking for you. <laughs> I mean, your phone never rings. You never get the text. There's never anyone. There's no, and you, you feel so isolated today. You feel so alone. You, if just somebody, somebody would, would want to come find me. My friend, today, there is that somebody. Maybe you're here today and you feel lost. I want you to know he's been seeking you. He's been looking for you. He's been searching for you. And he's here today. And you can be found before you leave here by him. He is the Savior who is for us. And I love the def- one of the definitions of the word seek literally means desire and pursue with passion. I love that. To lovingly yearn for a person in a desperate way. Some of you are listening to me right now and, and, and the enemy of your soul has convinced you that God's mad at you. And I know I, I, know I mention this a lot because I talk to, in my role, I've talked to a lot of people who truly have this distorted view of the Heavenly Father that he's mad at you. I want you to know today, my friend, God's not mad at you. He's done everything in heaven and earth just to be with you. And he is for you. You you may not feel like anybody's for you today. I want you to know he is for you. He's not against you. He's always, always, always pursuing you. And so we're just days away from Christmas. And if there's just one thing I hope you receive from any of these teachings this month, anything I've said or you've listened to online, it would be that God loves you unconditionally. That's, if you need to smile today, if you haven't smiled in a long time, just say that to yourself. God loves me unconditionally. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what this, this week, this next weekend is all about. A God that loves you unconditionally, that God sent his one and only son Jesus to rescue you. He sent his son to find you, to save you, to be with you in the good times and the bad times. Before I close, I want to read something to you that I've read in many different contexts out loud. Maybe you've been in one of my, you know, a presentation that I've given where I've read this before. And it's, a, it's really a prophecy. It's, it's a word from the Lord given through a minister by the name of Graham Cook. 
and, and, and I, I know some of you, have, I've read this before, um, but I want to, I just felt like as we, it's, you know, Christmas is, I, I just want you to, I want you to hear God's word for you, this prophetic word for you, and be reminded what, what this next Sunday is all about. And I want to speak it over you. So if you've heard it before, just receive it again. I've, I've, I've read this to people in, in private, one-on-one, -on -one, and I, I watch them just like break, like, like the weight of his love. And so what I want you to do, I want you just to close your eyes, and I'm going to end this way, and then we're going to pray. But I want you just to receive this word from the Lord that the Lord downloaded into a man by the name of Graham Cook. And this is what it says. This is the word of the Lord. Close your eyes and just breathe it in. The Lord says that there's nothing that you can do that would make him love you more. There's also nothing that you can do that would make him love you less. He loves you because he loves you because he loves you. Because he loves you, 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 because that's, that's what he is like. It's his nature to love, and you will always be the beloved. His love is unchanging, and he loves you 100%. He won't love you any better when you become better. He loves you 100% right now. And even if you have no plans to become better, he will still love you 100% because he loves you, because that's the way that he is. And even if you don't want to change, he will, he will love you 100%. Even if you have no plans to walk with him, he will love you 100% because that's his nature. He loves all the way, all the time. His love is unchanging. What will change, says the Lord, is your ability to receive my love. And today, I want to cram some more of that ability inside of you. So I challenge you, says the Lord, open your heart to me. Open your heart to me and you will receive more of my love than ever, than you've ever experienced before. I dare you, says the Lord. Open your heart to me. Give me your heart. Give me whatever your obstacle is, and I will take it. I'll remove it out of the way because I love you as you are right now. I love you 100% as you are right this moment. I love you as you are. So be loved. You are the beloved. It's your job, says the Lord, to be loved outrageously. It's why I chose you. It's why I set my love upon you, that you would live as one who is outrageously loved, that you would receive a radical love, so radical it will blow all your paradigms of what you think love is. And no, says the Lord, I will love you outrageously all the days of your life because I don't know how to be any different. This is who I am. 
and this is who I will always be. This is the I am that I promised you. I am he that loves you outrageously, and you may love me back with the love that I give you. You may love me back outrageously with the outrageous love that I bestow upon you, but know this, says the Lord, you can only love me as much as you love yourself. So my love comes today to set you free from yourself, to set you free from how you see yourself, to set you free from the smallness of your own thinking about yourself. My love comes to set you free from rejection and from shame and from low self-esteem and from despair and from addiction and from abuse because when I look at you, says the Lord, I see something that I love. I see someone that I love outrageously, and I have so much to bestow upon you, so much to give to you, so many places to take you in my heart, but you can't go there unless you allow me to love you. My love for you will break every barrier, bring every wall crashing down, and know this, says the Lord, my love damages fear. My love hates fear. My love will fight fear. It will fight fear in you. It will fight fear around you. If you have fear today, says the Lord, then know that you have a treat in store because my perfect love casts out fear. Beloved, you are my beloved. You are my beloved. And in my love, I want you to love yourself. This is the word of the Lord. Today as we close, as your head is still bowed and your eyes closed, you're here today and you say, JF, I want that. I, I'm lost and I need a, I need a savior. And I've been, I've been looking to be, I've been, I've been looking for so long to be saved in all the wrong places. There's an old song that says, looking for love in all the wrong places. I know that's a, kind of a silly old tune, but that kind of applies to this situation. Maybe you've been, you've been, you've been seeking out the wrong, the wrong type of affirmation. Maybe you've been seeking out the wrong type of relationships, and you've been let down by humanity. And that's, pretty, that's par for the course lots of times. But there's one that will never leave you, will never forsake you, that he's with you, that despite the way you see yourself, he loves you outrageously. So today, maybe you're here and you say, Jeff, I need, I, need, I need to be saved. I need, I need a savior. I'm, I'm lost. In your own way, just accept him into your life right now. Lord, you can say a prayer like this. Jesus, I believe in you. You know everything about me. I believe that you know everything about me. And I thank you that you love me. And I thank you for what Christmas means, that you came for me. The God of the universe had you on his mind. And so he's here today. Just say yes, yes, I believe in you, Jesus. Come into my life, heal me. I believe that you came to me but I also believe that you didn't leave me, that, you're, that your spirit is with me right now, and I believe that you're a savior who's for me. You're for me. You're for me. I, I, I accept that today. I accept your love today. I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. There's going to be days I make mistakes because I'm human. 
but I'm thankful, Lord God, that you still love me. You're going to be there. Pick me back up. And so right now, God, I thank you for who you are in my life. Maybe you're here today. And that last part, he's a savior that's for you. He's for us. He's for us. Maybe, maybe you love the Lord. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a long, long time, but for whatever reason, maybe just bad theology or, or, or you've beat yourself up way too much that you somehow have allowed the enemy of your soul to lie to you and get you to believe that he's, he's, against, he's not for you, he's mad at you, he's against you. Today, I want to just blow that up. Today, when you, as you walk out of here, you're going to walk out of here knowing and being, some of you just reminded that he is for you today. He, he, he came to you, he's with you right now, and he is promoting you. He, he, he is your biggest fan, your champion. And all he wants to do is be with you and you with him in, com- in, com- in, in communion with one another. So just, just, just accept that truth right now. God, I thank you that you're for me. There's lots of times where I'm not even for myself. <laughs> there's lots of times where there's people that aren't for me. In fact, there's lots of times where there's people that are actively doing things that are tr- out to hurt me. In the middle of that, Lord God, you're for me. You're protecting me. You're surrounding me. So, Lord God, we thank you for that. Thank you for that. God, we just thank you for this, this wonderful time of year. And we thank you for what this weekend looks like and what it means. So we thank you, Jesus, once again, that you're the Savior to us. You're the Savior that is with us, Emmanuel. And we thank you that you're for us. You're fighting for us. You're going before us. And so we're going to get behind you, Holy Spirit. We're going we're gonna to trust that you're, uh, you're, you're doing what you say. You're fighting our battles for us. And we're going to just keep leaning on you and asking you for direction and healing and so God, I thank you for Pacific Coast Church. I thank you for my friends in this room. I thank you for all the folks that tuned in online. God, I'm so excited for this Christmas Eve as we gather together, as we have the candles and we sing together and we take some time in community to worship you. Bring us all back here safely this Saturday, 4 p.m. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, come on, stand to your feet today as we close. Once again, thanks for being with us. Quick reminder, one more time, online only for the next two Sundays. And, and part of that, we did, part of that too is, is it was going to be literally over double what we usually have to pay in rent. So we just decided that we had steward our money a little bit better. So we'll be here this Saturday at four o'clock. So it'll be kind of like, it'll be kind of like Sunday, you know what I mean? And then we'll be online for New Year's Day, all right? Have a wonderful day. I'm going to ask some of our prayer team to come forward. If you need prayer, if you want to talk to somebody, we'll have some friends up here at the front that you can, you can chat with and pray for, all right? Hey, make it a great week, and uh, we'll see you right back here Christmas Eve, Saturday, 4 p.m., all right? If you want to stick around, we're going to worship a little bit too, all right? God bless.